the darkness between us. Dark stories from the Uncanny Collective. Episode 16, The God Hand. Reverend Gaines. That has a nice ring to it. Though I'm sure it won't be long until they have to call me Archbishop. Or even Cardinal. I am, after all, a standout amongst these drab and uninspired wretches. And that's for sure. The seminary school life has been an array of ups and downs. But I know within my heart that it would have been worth it. When I first stand before my congregation, they'll hail me as the best they've ever seen. I will know. This last year will be a personal test from the Almighty. I have already contended with the weak minds around me. I am proud to not count a single man here among my friends. I will have friends in considerably higher places. Even the instructors over time here have questioned my place within this school. Yet I exceed in biblical and pastoral studies, as well as liturgy, preaching, and church history. It was only a class in ethics, where they first began to question my work. I merely raised my concerns with the current populist trends to undermine our work. Not only was I lectured by my instructors, but also by the filth that flail at their feet. There is, however, Danby, an old priest who was once in line to become a bishop. It didn't happen for him. Not due to any lack of skill on his behalf, but Moreover, the mindless chatter of his congregation. Not something I should ever concern myself with. He holds the energy of a man half his age, and is one of the few good instructors left at this school. He obviously recognises the talent in me. So much so that he rewards me. Small trinkets and gifts from his adventures abroad. Over the course of our last holiday... Old Danby had taken to Brittany by himself and trudged through the likes of Karnak in the French countryside. When he had returned some weeks ago, it was as though his considerable age had finally caught up with him. Tired and erratic, in equal measure. Yet, as irritable as he has become, he still impresses on me that I will be the leading light in our Catholic Church for years to come. So I still hold the man high in my estimations. It was during one of our late-night chats in his classroom that Danby told me he had forgotten to give me my gift from the shores of Brittany. He asked me to come to his chambers. Naturally, I refused. If I was to receive anything from the old man, then he would have to fetch it and bring it back here. Clearly exasperated, he let out a frustrated huff, rose slowly to his feet and shuffled off to the monastery hall. I thought at the time the exercise would do him good, so I sat patiently for his return. His chambers were no more than a five-minute walk from his classroom. They were in the same crumbling building, after all. The minutes ticked over and over, and my patience began to wane. I know he would have to climb two stories, but even with his advanced years, this was beginning to be ridiculous. I thought of leaving. Not to find the old man, but to teach him the importance of my time. I got up from my chair and made my way towards the classroom door when it swung back towards me. Danby stood hunched over, cradling something overly large in both hands. 
I returned to my seat, now adequately interested in what it was he had brought me. Danby laboriously sunk one foot in front of the other into the classroom before reaching his desk and allowing the thing to slam on top of it. I stood again as the old man fell into his chair, and I looked over this extraordinary piece. A stone tablet, oval in shape, some forty inches long and twenty inches wide. I looked to Danby and thought to ask how he got this home, but then decided against it as I would probably be bored by his answer. I returned my attention to the slab, and realized across its length was an imprint of a gigantic hand, almost claw-like, with its pointed fingertips, but most certainly a hand. I traced my finger through the imprint outlining the hand. The print was over half the size of my entire body. The old man, struggling to breathe and unable to speak, grasped a chalk piece and scribbled on the board behind him. For your ethics. I returned to my room that night, having left the tablet in Danby's classroom. I would get one of the dullards to help me back with it in the morning. I had asked Danby to help me with it, but he waved me off. I don't see how being unable to speak meant he could not help with some lifting, but nevertheless, I left it there. I went about my nightly ritual before sleep, checking the lock on the archaic door, drinking a glass of water except, of course, for the last mouthful, pouring the last mouthful about my hairline for the water to drip down across my forehead, drying my eyes, checking the door for the second time, disrobing, scratching the insatiable itch that runs through my left wrist, checking the door for a third time, and finally kneeling at the foot of my bed in prayer. Prayer for me was a time to cast out my rage and declare my wishes to an empty and unfeeling room. But prayer was different this time. Prayer was palpable. I spoke within, and I was heard. Do not be afraid. I speak as one equal to another. Who, who is it whom speaks with me now? He whom you have sought, he who witnesses your light, and he who bears the light. Can it be? Am I speaking with the one who spoke with Samuel? Samuel, Ezekiel, Moses, my son. I knew my purpose was higher. Please, speak to me again. Speak about my path. Lead me to destiny. Keep me close to your heart. You will see the guiding light. This was my correspondence on the first night. My prophecy to be fulfilled. I will be led past the cardinals and into the seat of the Pope himself. Nothing less is acceptable. I see that now more than ever. I embraced the stone. The God Hand, as I have taken to calling it. I felt the power that Danby could not. He has spoken to me from above and reassured me of my position in the world. I can do no wrong! I could not sleep through the night. The excitement, my future, his words, transposed from the God Hand directly to me. How could anyone sleep after realizing his reality? However, despite his backing, 
I knew I needed my confirmation from the school. No one would accept a pope who did not have his training, even if such a man has his voice in their ear. I set about my waking ritual, the scratching, the drinking, the cleansing, and finally the prayer. Messenger Danby seeks you. Does old Danby hear your words? Never. His mind is not capable of such things. You called him messenger? Merely a conduit. He brought me to you. That is all. Then I will see him at once. I did not say that. Oh, I... I apologize. He seeks you. But you must keep your distance. With that, his voice was gone, and I left my room heading to liturgy. As my fellow students witted on at each other as we walked the halls, I found my mind wandering to old Danby. He was, after all, the only voice I would call friend. But now I was expected to stay clear of him. I can't say I was upset. After all, I was being led to greater things. Yet, the man had brought me the God Hand in the first place. The God Hand. The greatest gift a man could possess. I must collect it from his classroom. His first lesson today was not till noon. I could easily collect the thing and make my way to my room and be a little late to the liturgy. As I reached the classroom, I knocked gently at the door to the lightest stirring. I pushed the door open and was seized by his voice. What are you doing? Retrieving the God Hand? It is unnecessary. I am here. I thought if I brought it back with me, then Danby would have no reason to find me. It is unnecessary. Turn from him now. Danby clutched my shoulder and the voice withdrew once again. What are you doing, you old fool? Don't call me that, Master Gaines. I will call you whatever I like. Now take your hand off me. Has it already inflicted you, my boy? What are you talking about, Danby? The stone tablet. The power the wise woman of Karnak spoke of. You're not making sense. You're going round the twist, old man. No. I spoke of you to a wise woman. I spoke of your arrogance, your delusions, those elements in you that stop you from becoming great. She told me... The women of Brittany had known too many like you. She told me the porpoise stone would shift the balance, make you see your own reality. Porpoise stone? It is called the God Hand. And I suffer from no delusion, and I will not be lectured at by some elderly sycophantic paedophile. Danby seeks to destroy you. What must I do? Destroy him. Now, I pushed the old man back onto his haunches. In pain and weakened, the fool scrambled backwards as quickly as he could muster as I approached. His back slammed into his desk as he quivered at my feet. The God Hand. I reached out above Danby's head to the large stone slab resting on his desk and brought it down on his head.
I currently reside by the coast near Plymouth. My single room is quaint and lighter than the one at the seminary. Light walls, soft furnishings, a large window wherein the sun shines brightly despite the thick grey bars. I'm very lucky, so I'm told, to have a window overlooking the sea. Since the event, I have had much taken from me, including the God Hand. As soon as it happened and Danby's head emptied out onto the classroom floor, the voice vanished and my entire world with it. Talking about the voice meant I got to stay here, though, rather than a jail or to hell. Not that I believe in all that anymore. I'm aware now that I was not speaking with any god. Maybe communing with something older and wiser than any scripture. Or maybe it was all just in my head. But now I am free from expectation. Free from the hate plaguing my doubtful mind. Now my only dream is that one day I will be able to cross the English Channel into Brittany, traverse the French countryside, and thank the wise woman of Karnak myself. Bless her soul. The Darkness Between Us was created by the Uncanny Collective. The God Hand was written by Paul Linghorn and starred Connor Meddings and Paul Linghorn. Theme music by Nick Samuel. Sound recorded, mixed and produced by Connor Allen and Sarah Lynham. Uncanny Collective are Connor Allen, Steve Fitzgerald, Paul Linghorn and Sarah Lynham. Please visit uncannycollective.co.uk for information about upcoming shows and events. And to find us on social media, follow the links in the description below.